This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. I'm Nick Hoadley, and each week you can join me as I interview leading InsureTech executives from around the world. We will be learning about the different InsureTech technologies and finding out how they can be a benefit to both insurance brokers and carriers when it comes to delivering for your customers. We'll also be learning about the different career opportunities available to insurance leaders within the InsureTech space and what benefits that can give to your career. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I'm joined by John Mina, who is the CEO at Risk Strategies, of course, a national insurance agency in the United States. And it's a pleasure to welcome John to the show today. John, welcome to the show. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, I'm doing well. Good morning, Nick. John, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I know we've wanted to speak to you for quite a while. And I know you're, you're normally based in DC there, but, but over in Vegas this morning. So a very early start. John, would you mind, first of all, before we sort of talk about risk strategies and before we get into some of the questions today, would you mind giving our listeners a bit of an overview of your career path, your career trajectory, and what led you to becoming the CEO there at at Risk Strategy? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to do it, Nick. Thank you. So I would start by saying I'm a veteran of the industry. This is all I've ever done right out of uh, university. I went into the uh, broking business, starting with Marsh and then Willis, and then ultimately to uh, Risk Strategies. I joined Risk Strategies in April of 2017 and became CEO in October of 2019. I would say my career has been pretty unremarkable in that I followed a series of promotions into roles with increasingly larger responsibilities. I honestly would say that my career transitions have been the result of a lot of effective self-reflection and awareness. Those attributes have helped me understand my skill set and continue to grow it. And Mm -hmm. that has resulted in the broader leadership opportunities. Absolutely. So would you say it's consistent performance, which has led to those incremental steps and those promotions up throughout those businesses? Yeah, I would say it's that consistent performance. I think it's also a bit of challenging yourself, uh, consistently Mm -hmm. pushing yourself and your skill set and having a real growth mindset around yourself and your own performance. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Great to have a, a very much a traditional insurance person on our on our call today. I guess we've had several guests who have come from different industries and different backgrounds. So it's great to have a real, real expert from the industry, of course. John, would you mind giving us a bit of an overview of risk strategies? I know you've achieved tremendous growth in the business over the last few years or over the last certainly over the last decade. Where where is the business at the moment? And what are some of the plans there at the business? Yeah, sure. So today we are uh, just rounding the corner of one billion in U.S. dollars uh, revenue. We have a hundred and twenty-six offices at last count. Uh, we're highly acquisitive, but our focus as a company is really uh, to build a independent, specialty-focused organization. The acquisitions are just one of the levers that we have to 
continue to build out the organization and take advantage of a, a period of consolidation in the industry. But really, it's intended to help us build a greater portfolio of services and products for our clients and to serve them more effectively. And very much focusing on that specialty market where you're adding the most amount of expertise to a particular industry or area. Yeah, our specialty focus is, is a, in my mind, a critical feature. You know, I think I, I use the the analogy of if you're if you're having heart issues, you don't go to a general practitioner, you go to a cardiologist. And uh, I think I think it fits within the insurance industry quite nicely. Uh, our clients are passionate about their industry, and um, insurance isn't necessarily something they want to spend a lot of time on. We uh, we are insurance professionals who happen to be passionate about a, a couple of industries. Uh, I like to say that we know as much about our clients' industry sometimes as, as much as they do. Probably not quite that much, but I, they're passionate about the same spaces. So whether it's entertainment or art or transportation or private equity, our associates are really focused on those industries that we uh, we operate in. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that's certainly the case at the, at the macro level, for sure. John, as we are in the insurance coffee house this morning, I know it's it's early there in, in Las Vegas this morning. Yeah, show us then. What's, what's your go-to coffee of choice in the morning? Oh, so I'm I am all about black coffee. Uh, I like it au naturel. No, no, no dilution of my uh, my caffeine intake. Nice strong black coffee. Well, I'll, I'll join you with that this morning. Cheers. Absolutely, John. Thank you for that. If I could start off by asking you about your your career journey and that first time that you broke into the C suite. How did you find that transition from your previous position, which may have been uh, you know more operational or more more client facing well i think with every every role in the in the business there are probably 40 to 50 things that we uh, we we need to learn as far as new role new new activities in the role um, so I, I think that transition is you know it's becomes an immediate learning curve for me those were more focused around you know the financial aspects of of uh, being a private equity backed firm the mergers and acquisitions, transactions, and uh, how we work through those and think about those for the long haul. Uh, but really, our, our core is that we're an insurance brokerage firm, and you know, staying focused on our clients, our associates, the markets. You know, that's really our our essence. Uh, the day to day running of the business is just an interpretation. That I mean, I just I just focus on you know what's what's the best thing for our clients, associates, and markets in the long run, and that's a pretty good north star to guide ourselves. The rest of the the activities that I took on as being CEO, I could say they're just a slightly larger scale. You do need to learn a bit more to do work through others as opposed to doing it yourself. And I think that's uh, one of the bigger transitions. So effective delegation skills, effective time management. I was probably the biggest surprise is uh, the, the number of outreaches that I get or people want to get on my calendar. Uh, so I would say effective calendar management was probably one of the most challenging things to, uh, to, to adopt in the early days. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. And in terms of your leadership career, what would you say has been the biggest achievement you've had to date? Well, it, I would say it's been preserving the culture of the, of the risk strategies organization from the transition of our founder, Mike Christian. I mean, mm. keeping that culture intact as we scale up the organization is both incredibly challenging and vitally important. Uh, we've added over 100 businesses to our organization. So ensuring that we keep focused on our associates and our culture is absolutely fundamental to our success. 
if I get to pick two, and I know I'm breaking the rules here, Nick, I would say that a close second is the number of times that people in the industry and outside, successful people in their own right, have shared with me that counseling I gave them about their own career and how impactful that was and helpful to them uh, over the years, uh, that would be the second biggest achievement. You know, that that ability to pass on some of what I've learned to others so that they can forge their own path. Fantastic. I'm, I'm sure you'll share a lot of great insights today as we're, we're on a very similar platform, really, to provide that advice for the aspiring C-suite executives out there. John, thank you very much for that. Has there, flipping things slightly on, onto, the, onto the other side of the coin, has there ever been a time in your career where you've been overlooked for a position or an opportunity didn't quite go your way? And you know, how did you go about dealing with that? Yes, uh, there were a couple of times when I was passed over for an opportunity that I, I thought I was ready to take on. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit that the first time was a little tough to swallow, and I probably spent a weekend sulking over it. What I realized, though, was that I had an imperfect view of my own skill set and that I needed to work on some things. And then I turned that view into a plan of action. Um, In one case, going back to my manager to share that I needed some help getting to the next level yielded a great dialogue. And that significantly changed both my trajectory and the velocity of my career. So taking taking the opportunity to look at those rejections, if if we call them that, um, those are those were opportunities to learn a little bit more about myself and what I need to do next to accelerate. Did that manager help you to really focus on those areas that you could improve on? But also, did did that make them more aware of your career ambitions? And did that keep you in mind's eye for further opportunities that that came up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when we when we had the conversation uh, about my my aspirations, I think at first he was a bit surprised and. Um, and didn't realize that I had quite that much ambition. And uh, it, it yielded a great conversation. Um, I, I actually met with him uh, just recently. We had a, we had a cocktail uh, over the holidays. And uh, he, he said to me, look at you. You know, you, you've become CEO. Um, how far we've, far we've come. And I said to him, you know, it's, it's all your fault. You gave him that great guidance back in 2004 during a performance appraisal which was a little tough to take, but uh, it really set me on the course. And, you know, to his credit and much like I'm sure many of your, your um, interviewees go through, uh, I don't think we realize the impact that we can have on others in their careers over the years. And he had this amazing impact on me and he barely remembered it. Uh, he, it for him, it was just a part of what he did as a, as a leader. Yeah, and that's certainly something that you're giving back as well. Do you think, John, it's important for leaders, for aspirational executives to make it known, to share with people what their aspirations are? Because you know, I think sometimes we think, oh, because we're doing this or because we're doing this task or we're taking on this project, that people assume we think that they they must know what our, our plans are, what our aspirations are. But do you think it's sometimes better just to be really frank with people and let them know what, what your aspirations are? Yeah, I, I think you, you do need to do that. And I think that managers uh, and this is this is it's challenging to give constructive feedback. I mean, I think, you know, as, as an industry, I always say we're yes people. Right. We we treat every discussion like a hostage negotiation. Nobody wants to use the word no. But the, the, the reality is, is without that constructive feedback. Uh, we can't improve. Um, it's 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 what we need to do uh, to overcome you know those challenges and to advance our own our own cause. So you need to know where where you need to improve. 
Mm. And that constructive feedback is a part of it. So sharing your ambitions, your aspirations with your uh, with your manager is a great way to start that conversation and find out, are you on the right track? You know, are there mm. things that we need to work on? Uh, I think too often in our industry, there is a significant emphasis on technical expertise and not enough on soft skills. Uh, mm. So everything from, you know, personal brand, um, your public speaking skills, you know, softer skills around, you know, human human capital management, recruiting, uh, performance management. So I think there's so many things that people need to work on to advance their careers in the long run. Because as you as you advance, you know, further up the corporate corporate ladder, so to speak, your focus becomes less about your technical skills, or at least most of the time becomes less about your technical mm-hmm. skills and more about your people management and communication skills. And those are things that we rarely spend a lot of time on in the early days. We're more focused on learning our trade. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, we certainly are. And John, just bringing things into the present day, how are you How are you implementing technology or digital transformation there at risk strategies to really not only benefit your customers, but to also serve your employees and your team members at the business? Yeah, happy to talk about it. This is a constant area of focus for us. So we're always trying new technologies that enhance the customer experience and work to keep our associates' efforts focused on the high-value work that they do with clients. Mm. So I frequently talk about you know, having high-value people doing high-value work. So technology is a way for us to leverage, leverage that ability for, for those folks to focus on the things that our clients want the most. In terms of recent investments in 2020, we made a significant investment in technology upgrades, starting with core systems like uh, finance and accounting and enterprise risk uh, planning to ensure that we have a strong foundation, a, a backbone, if you will, to effectively scale and grow our company. And now we're working to the uh, towards the outside out to our associates and clients. 2021, we started building a new platform called Fusion for uh, our 180 intermediaries, our wholesale and program division. That platform will enable those businesses to operate more effectively in, in the spaces they are in and also to collaborate more easily. And they're just starting to move on to that platform in 2022. And then uh, in our student health and education uh, industry vertical, we're building out some new technology upgrades there to uh, significantly enhance the client experience. Uh, I think I would just say that, you know, Technology is uh, is expensive, implementing it in particularly so, but it's also critical to the long-term success of our, our business. And then I would say in, in 2022, um, we're also implementing a new uh, digital marketing platform to provide a better experience so our, our clients can better interact with us on our website, um, as well as being in a strong position to reach and share valuable client information. Um, I think now more than ever, as more of our associates or clients or prospects are working remotely, the ability to connect with them through technology is increasingly more important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that that actually brings me on nicely to my next question, because clearly, well, hopefully we're now through the pandemic for our listeners. It's time of recording. We're towards the end of March, 2022. But what do you see as the biggest challenge ahead for insurance executives? Clearly, we've had a really turbulent couple of years is it part of that remote working that hybrid that not only employees are are demanding but also clients that we represent you know want to meet on via this media rather than than face to face more what do you see as the major challenges ahead over the next few years well there are a few 
I think the remote working environment is certainly creating some. And, you know, going back to the beginning of our conversation, you know, as far as careers are concerned, I do worry about the ability for less seasoned associates to advance their careers by fully working remotely. Ultimately, we need to measure the impact that we have on our clients. So that'll be the the, the litmus test for whether or not it's a success. But I, I think there's also a lot of informal information that gets shared within an office environment that, that folks are missing out on right now. So I do worry about that. I think we'll get through that in the, uh, in the long run. Um, I think this is a, a shorter term blip. But in terms of major challenges, I would say first is we're dealing with the perception uh, or, or a misperception about our industry. The insurance industry gets broad brushed as a less attractive industry that it's even boring or or negative and uh, and the reality is that insurance is is just the solution right it's just one of the tools that we use the industry is is really focused on risk and developing solutions to manage that risk and i think it's incredibly creative so i, I think there we have a perception issue that we need to work through and it's limiting our ability to bring in you know folks right out of university so because they're they're choosing other industries i think we we need to do a better job of sharing how rewarding and exciting the industry can be. Anyone who's been in the industry for a while uh, will tell you uh, that uh, how rewarding their careers have been and, and how the, the challenging problems of risk mitigation are and you know, dealing with risk and liability considerations are, you know, they're germane to the smooth function of the world around us. So we need to do a better job of communicating. I think people are looking for interesting, rewarding work in a field where they can grow professionally. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also count on some stability to build their personal life and insurance absolutely meets those criteria. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a real education piece, isn't it? For us to you know we we understand the benefits, the great opportunities within the industry, and the international opportunities that are there. But it's very much about education. That word insurance has never been a, a sexy word, has it? But yeah, educating about risk and yeah the, the different opportunities there. But hoping that. As we come through the pandemic on the other side, the way the insurance industry has performed, first of all, from a financial perspective, but also the way that it is really starting to adopt technology a lot faster and a lot quicker. I think that's going to attract a lot more people into the industry. And we we do see a lot of insure techs, you know, who have hired people from tech backgrounds or from other industries. And it's a great way for them to actually take that stepping stone into insurance and actually move into more sort of um, mainstream um, areas of the industry as well. So plenty of opportunity but it's like you say so it's really about education and showing people what those opportunities are yeah it's Um, interesting yesterday actually i i was reading an article about a a new study on five least attractive industries for students coming out of university and financial services was four of the top five with insurance being number three so we we have some work to do in this space in order to uh, attract new and young talent and I, i think that's that as it feeds into long-term succession planning and perpetuation of the business and the industry as a whole is is critically important. So we need to get that part right. And it's going to be a huge challenge for over the next 20 years or so, without a doubt, without a doubt. John, it brings us nicely on to the espresso round as the questions are short, sharp and straight to the point. You've got your, your nice, strong black coffee there in Vegas this morning. <laughs> you ready for the espresso round? All right, hit me. The espresso round. What are the characteristics about risk strategies that makes it such a great place to work at? So I would tell you, first, 
I think we've made a real effort to focus on three things that we believe are most important as a business, our people, our clients, our markets. The rest of the business is really here to support the efforts of our associates as they work with the markets to build solutions for our clients. Second, I would say we're intentionally flat as a company. Some hierarchy is necessary to ensure that you keep things moving. Uh, we're not going to create 50 layers of management. And that's really to ensure that we remain robust, responsive, flexible, and also to make sure that the leadership isn't out of touch with what our associates are experiencing day to day. As the CEO, I hold informal Coffee with John sessions every month so that groups of associates can chat with me with what's on their mind. And I encourage leaders to hold skip meetings with individuals two levels below them so that they can you know, make sure that they remain in touch. And then third, I would say, is our culture. Uh, we've, we've got a, a number of different aspects to that. It's our commitment to different ways of working, you know, which is including remote working and hybrid mm-hmm. arrangements, mm-hmm. commitment to the communities where we live and work. We support a number of associates and the work that they do in different charities and, and goodwill. Our diversity and inclusion focus is, uh, you know, we're very focused on amplifying our associates' voices and building awareness of difference across our organization, um, our commitment to the next generation. So, I think I think our culture is is the the third thing. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like a fantastic culture for a company that is large and and has grown so so quickly. So that's fantastic. In terms of opportunities, what would you say are the opportunities that you provide to high performing talent who really want to progress that next stage in their career? Yeah. So the first thing I would say would be internal promotions. Our first stop in filling any leadership role is to look within. It's almost always better to pull someone into a role that's been here, understands the culture and the priorities, and can help others get done. And to date, I think we've done a good job of creating those opportunities for associates. In 2020, we launched our Emerging Leaders Program to identify associates that want to stretch themselves a bit further. And I'm thrilled to say that almost half of that class has transitioned into new leadership roles. So now we're expanding that program and looking to create an advanced program for seasoned leaders who want to take on additional responsibilities as we continue to grow. So internal promotions and, and leadership programs. I think we have a, a strong commitment to talent acquisition. Uh, we're always looking for people who want to help us build our specialty practices and, and grow our business in a meaningful way. And then we have a strong equity culture that enables key contributors to participate in our stock option program. Awesome. Yeah, just on that, it sounds like it's a great opportunity once you're within the company, there's a lot of opportunity for progression, for personal progression. What would you say when you are hiring, when you're looking to bring people in, when you are able to offer these opportunities externally to candidates, what are the skills, what are the behaviours that you demand from executives when, when bringing people into the organisation? I would I would tell you the three things I would look for would be change agility we are in a rapidly evolving world. You just need to look at the news any given day to, to see that. And we are we need to change both as an industry and as individuals um, all the time. And so it's, it's a constantly evolving uh, paradigm. Uh, so change agility is one. Self-reflectivity would be number two. Uh, I think none of us has 360 degree vision, right? So the ability to take a moment to reflect on, you know, how how did we contribute to the current situation for good or, or worse is is important. So taking a moment for pause that that helps accelerate our ability to grow. And then the third would be a focus on growth. You know, I, I talk about growth all the time. Uh, it's not growth for the sake of growth. It's because growth is the one silver bullet in this industry that cures so many things. Uh, it, it provides advancement for our associates 
Um, it provides for outsized you know, raises and bonuses. It creates opportunities for people. You know, mm-hmm. it creates investment opportunities for us in the business itself to invest in new technology or acquire more talent and, and businesses. So a focus on growth is uh, very important as well. So there's there's my three. That growth mentality being being really key there. What would you say are the largest challenges when attracting new talent or bringing people into the industry is there any frustrations that you get or any any challenges that you have bringing people into the business yeah so yes so so two things one is i would say that there are a lot of people out there that want to move and lack the confidence to pull the trigger uh they they believe that their value proposition is the company that they work for and not the skill set that they've developed and I think that's a shame, that lack of confidence. In the, the second thing I would say is that in terms of recruiting challenges, I, I think the overall process is fundamentally flawed. Um, we bring together two parties that both want the same thing and then try to figure out whether it's a good idea. And that's a challenging space from which to start. Ideally, we would be able to connect people who want to move from their current employer and join an organization because of how it fits their needs and supports the organization's overall mission. And I, I don't think we do that very often um, as an industry. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And your point about that lack of confidence, obviously we're working with people day in, day out who are making that life-changing decision. And I, I take your point, I think it certainly does come down to confidence. And also in life, obviously change is, change is difficult, change is hard, the unknown is difficult. I think sometimes we like to put our objective hat on and explain the positives and the the negatives and weigh up the benefits and the the cons to any opportunity but often you can it, it can be frustrating when you can see that amazing opportunity right there for a person and you know they're very comfortable where they are they're very secure and then they decide to go for that option i i think part of that may well be the industry that we're in it's maybe not the biggest risk taking environment <laughs> for sure a little bit of irony there isn't it absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah they m- maybe need to change their risk strategy there john <laughs> <laughs> sorry for that terrible pun john there are any yeah if there are any insurance executives out there now in the u.s who are considering their next move or their opportunity what what would that advice be to them at this moment my my advice would be to to challenge yourself um, I, I tell all of our associates that they're capable of doing so much more than they know. Mm. It requires that we get a little uncomfortable at times, but that's when real growth occurs. Mm. We don't mm. get better by sitting around and doing what we've always done. We improve by challenging ourselves, learning when we fail, um, and gaining confidence when we succeed. And that mm. pushes the limits a little further out and enables us to stretch to even greater heights. So that's my advice is to uh, challenge yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. We 100% concur with that here on the Insurance Coffee House. John, we've almost reached the end of our time together today. But before we go, do you, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And how would they go about reaching out to you after the show? Uh, certainly connect with me on, on LinkedIn. You know, happy to feel those, uh, feel those inquiries. Um, love to connect with like-minded professionals in our industry all the time. 
Awesome. Thank you. We'll, well, we'll be sure to post your, your your LinkedIn profile up there so people can reach out directly. And also we'll 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 be sure to post a link to the, the careers page for anyone wondering a little bit more about risk strategies or potentially some opportunities there. John, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real privilege to have you on the show to hear about your career, the great work you're doing there at Risk Strategies and the advice that you've had for our listeners who are, you know, some of them are plotting that same journey that you've been through over the years. Nick, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to spend some time with you and the, uh, the coffee's been great. The coffee's been superb. Thank you for that, John. And to all our listeners out there, all those insurance executives, those insure tech leaders, wherever you're listening around the world today, I'm, I'm sure you would have gained a lot of valuable insight and advice from what John's had to share with us today. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, I'd like to learn more about the competitive advantage that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent. Please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on LinkedIn. Until next time, I've been Nick Codley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.